Hello and welcome to our first CIO update of the year. I'm Carsten Röhmheld, filling in for Richard Edgar. Earlier, I spoke to Fidelity's Chief Investment Officer, Andrew McCaffrey. As 2022 gets underway, we discuss the challenges for central banks, how markets have responded to Omicron, and what clues history might be able to give us on the impact of inflation. Hello, Andrew. Happy New Year and thank you for joining me. Hi, Carsten. Very good to see you and Happy New Year to you as well. Thanks very much. So when we last spoke, there was a great deal of uncertainty about the impact the Omicron variant would have. How do you think markets have been impacted? Well, I think the first thing that uh, they did is to think about what would this mean for growth and then the flow through to um, policy settings. And on that front, I think that the markets actually quite quickly have taken on board that they've uh, been watching the data on Omicron and that it's something that is not having the severity that we've seen from other variants, um, but it has been obviously very transmissible. And I think how they've read that is that the ability to go to an open economy is not that far into the future. And in fact, some ways we're talking about, is this the route towards endemic versus pandemic for uh, many countries? But the challenge is that it's still flowing through in terms of growth and the uh, impediments to that. And what we're seeing on that front, especially, is when we look across to Asia and to China, where we're seeing that the zero COVID policy is meaning that it's having an impact onto production, and that means supply chains, and that feeding through into growth. And that's something the markets are just starting to think about more again at the moment. So there's going to be a lot of attention on central bank activity over the coming months, in particular how the Fed might balance rate rises with quantitative tightening. What do you expect and what are the implications for investors? So one of the things that we saw as uh, Omicron was uh, really taking the initial uh, focus for markets is very quickly there's the follow through on the hawkishness of commentary that was coming out of the Federal Reserve. And that really has moved to be the driver over recent weeks, and especially as that hawkishness has increased in uh, uh, both the comments around the speed of move as well as the potential size. Now, when you think about the central bank policy from here, you also it's very easy to very quickly think about the Fed and its dominance uh, for uh, markets. And yet, actually, as we look across the world, central bank policy is really quite different in many places, either a relatively neutral position, um, one would say, where a lot of the activity is going to be fairly static as we look ahead. Some where they've already tightened, and what does that mean for the year ahead? And I'll come back to that in a second. And those that are looking to tightening, such as uh, in the US, in the UK, and possibly to other parts of the Western economies. But, and I think this is an important but, is that uh, we have, in someone like China, we've already seen a move towards easing, having tightened policy previously, having seen slowdown in the economy in 2021 at the tail end of it, but now wanting to create more of a tailwind from monetary policy and policy settings more broadly. And so it's an interesting one for 22, where we could have this situation that not only have we got tightening policy in the US and possibly other uh, members of the developed world, but we've also got an easing of policy occurring in China and maybe other parts of the emerging and developing world. When we look at the US, do you believe that the most hawkish path is now priced into markets or is there still an implicit assumption a more dovish cause will prevail? 
Well, I think that the markets have uh, discounted a fairly extensive tightening profile. And so, you know, as we stand today, you know, we'd be surprised for that to be achieved. Uh, now, we have a March meeting where the odds of an increase in, in rates look very high. But the follow through for that, I think we would uh, disagree with where the market is projecting for, as we've seen, uh, you know, somewhere in the region of three to four rate increases over the course of the next uh, 12 months. We don't think that's uh, going to be uh, likely, mainly because I think there's two reasons um, that we would point to. One is that we're already, interestingly enough, starting to see growth showing signs of slowing and actually coming off uh, from its uh, peak quite quickly as we enter 22 in many uh, uh, countries and especially looking to the US and looking at some of the forward indicators that are now starting uh, to come off. But also that we have in the background that the debt burden and the fact that the sensitivity of economies to that, we think that what you're going to find as those uh, rate increases come through is that the concern over not just growth but actually how to manage through this process and the feedback loop from that into the economy is going to intensify. So even though we're in the camp that we think that inflation will be more persistent, we think that policy will tend not to be as hawkish as being discussed and being projected just at the moment. The Fed and the PBOC are, as you indicated before, set for quite different trajectories this year. How would you account for that when it comes to asset allocation? Does this support an overweight of Asian assets? One of the things that uh, really is important when you think about the relative sort of risk reward, when you look at uh, valuations and look at the potential um, pathway for policy. So on policy, as I've said, uh, you know, tightening, we still expect to occur, maybe not as much as currently uh, forecast um, in the US. And in China, certainly the bias of risk, and I think actually this comes sooner or later, and we saw that uh, with China policy moves that have uh, just occurred, is that a lowering of uh, interest rates, a desire to create a, a increased credit impulse is certainly intensifying. And that certainly, I think, fits in with how we've seen the slowdown in the economy, but also looking to policy settings that try and to create that uplift as we go through to key political events uh, in the mid-year for China. So with that in mind, I think it's very supportive that you have a tailwind for China and maybe parts of Asia. You have a headwind developing for the US. But when I talk about risk-reward and looking at where valuations are, the other part with this as well is that you've seen a number of uh, the Chinese um, securities, especially in the equity market, that have been marked down and you've seen multiples decline and seen much better valuations. And so the, the sort of downside looks very limited to potential upside coming from these policy shifts. In the US, I think the one thing that I haven't said is that if the Fed does actually tighten quite aggressively, more than we expect, uh, then that could be really detrimental. And I think the, the economy and the markets are not going to like that and will suffer quite considerably. So again, you know, thinking of that risk reward to your uh, question, I think the answer very clearly is that to reallocate uh, on many sectors and across the, uh, the broader market, um, from US uh, to China, from uh, parts of developed to emerging, actually looks more attractive um, you know, now than many would necessarily consider. Inflation continues to be at the forefront of many minds and is probably the determinant for the Fed policy going forward. Given we seem to be entering a very different inflation regime with no recent precedent, 
Is there any period you can think of that can provide a guide to what's likely to happen in the global economy? Well, I think that there are um, you know, various uh, periods that we can look to that um, possibly give insight. There certainly was a sense of the sort of repression that we had, and that certainly came post-war, um, as you saw through the, the 40s and 50s period. But in some ways, that what we're seeing with inflation now, with repression um, uh, and that financial repression of keeping real rates uh, negative at this stage, that it looks like the 60s uh, that you would be sort of closer to in some ways um, for that. And that obviously led to ultimately a more inflationary uh, period and a much more volatile period for uh, economies um, and for markets uh, that flowed from that. So I think there is a risk that that is something that is brewing in the background. As I said, you know, we feel that inflation will be more persistent. Some of these frictions that have come into the global economy, some of the uh, elements that we're seeing from the pandemic impacting into labor markets and into now uh, wage claims are not going to dissipate um, rapidly. So there is a higher level that even though these peaks that we feel at the moment around, uh, you've seen 7% in the, the US uh, recently, you know, are not going to be sustained at this level, they will come down. They're not going to come back easily and stay easily down at the 2% level that we grew to see as such a, um, a comfortable one that couldn't even be achieved in uh, for many years. Now that's going to be exceeded um, consistently. But I think just to your question as well, that one of the things to bear in mind is that even though they talk about it being the key focus and driving policy, the bottom line is, is that we think that it won't drive policy too tight and dramatically when some inflation is actually good when you think about the debt burden, when you think about trying to keep that balance across the economy and uh, uh, you know growth running. And so, again, that would, on balance, think that if they do tighten very aggressively, that will be very bad in terms of the way it will flow through markets. And we don't expect them to be tightening you know, as much. The other part I would just highlight is that when you think about what will this mean for uh, the dollar as well, I think that we're just getting to one of those points where it actually could be very negative, mainly because you know, the interest rate policy has been discounted to tighten quite considerably. So we could be uh, nearer the, the highs of, uh, of that. You've seen that the degree to which policy has been so stimulative for, for so long and as that is off, but also as you see that growth decline, just at the time that I think um, you're going to find a credit impulse occurring from China and maybe easing from other parts of the developing world, then actually you could end up with a dollar, funnily enough, that actually responds you know, negatively um, in that uh, environment and that actually you see some of the capital that was all flown to the US start to move into reverse and that will be a very interesting one as you see um, you know something that we've had a dollar and markets trade very positively together they could actually trade relatively negative together uh, and that could again help to fulfill um, part of that asset allocation um, positive uh, outcome for emerging and china relative to developed in the us thank you andrew that's all we have time for this month if you'd like to read more about any of the topics andrew has covered today please go to your local fidelity website or fidelityinternational.com. And you can listen to plenty more on both our Fidelity Answers and Rich Pickings podcast channels. And if you enjoyed what you heard, do please like and subscribe. The producer was Holly Eastman with technical support from Alex Wilcox. From all of us at Fidelity, goodbye.
This podcast is for investment professionals only and should not be relied on by private investors. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is intended only for the person or entities to which it is sent. It must not be reproduced or circulated to any other party without prior permission of fidelity. The value of investments can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. For other important legal notices, please see our website.